Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 181. Special guest tonight, Catherine Brooks. Traditionally, well, traditionally, when you love someone, you just want to see where the time goes. All that time that before them was just floating by. But something in you, yes, something in you got scared off from trying something new. Easier to say, all the love's done and returned to just passing through. throw that thing down all right man check it out we were gifted with some double oak woodford reserve nice. thank you Catherine. you're welcome for bringing in some bourbon yeah my my poor poor wife over there running the switcher certainly needed it today <laughs> if you hear any coughs from the corner that's that's who it is <laughs> i just gave her some allergy season. medication <laughs> oh, be okay. okay. We're good then. She'll right, be asleep. Hopefully. It's a cocktail, yeah. <laughs> it's a cocktail. <laughs> I think uh, bourbon and and uh, you know antihistamine equal meth, right? 
<laughs> She's gonna be over there. It's uh, Jones and. <laughs> well, Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for bringing bourbon. So, uh, <laughs> it's really my pleasure. What was the name of that song? Uh, something to do. Something to do. I really like that last song, uh, last line. Loving you. What is it? loving you wasn't easy, but it sure was something to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about that tune. Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking about that on the way over here because you have to. It, it, you know, when you do these things and have these conversations, you start asking yourself even, you know, what is that about? And uh, <laughs> I think the funny thing is I really consider it to be a little representation of living in Louisville, Kentucky. I okay. moved here. Um, I'm originally from here, but I moved here um, after college from New York in the middle of COVID and then kind of got to watch things come back to life. And so you were... Um, always like subconsciously looking for something to do. And so I think, <laughs> especially during that time. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I really, it's not necessarily, um, one person or one thing, but that whole experience of, of that time period of life being kind of slow and you're, you're on your porch a lot and you're reading books and you're meeting people and friends and all of that. And, uh, no matter what it was, it was, uh, something to do. So, all right, so I don't want to gloss over the the New York thing, but I do want to because I really want to dive into that and kind of get your experience to that because I would imagine moving from New York to Louisville in any time, you would almost feel like you're still looking for something to do because New York is such a big, busy, twenty four seven city. Absolutely. Which I don't know; I've never experienced it, but it just in I, I, that, that's what it's. Not you have to be. experience it at least once. Oh, I think yeah. everybody does. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So, but we're going to start with the the normal questions. Yeah. Right, Crossover will come back. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've wrote it right here. New York. I'm. I imagine we'll get there anyway. But uh, you know, just kind of take us back to your earliest memories of music when you knew that it was uh, important to you and something that you were going to do and pursue. All right. Well, I grew up with a piano in the house, and we were. Um, Lessons were demanded of us around age three. My dad, and there's some uh, funny photos and stories of me where it was either the bathtub or a piano lesson. Um, and I really do still feel that to be such a formative part of things. And we would always sing too, you know, very uh, Carter family style and one of three sisters and the car rides. That was a huge fix for boredom. Um, and then we, so I was born here and we moved to Southern California a uh, little town called Victorville. Coast, and, coast man. Yeah, and, <laughs> exactly. How old were you when you moved to Southern California? Uh, about piano lesson age, so three. And early, um, early, okay. Yeah, three and a half. Margaret had just been born, and I'm, I'm, um, or yeah, and she was about a year, and I'm a, like, two and a half years older than her. Okay. And so, um, oh, she's gonna hate me. I have to correct that. <laughs> two and a couple of weeks. We're both in November. <laughs> um. But, uh, so we moved out there and went to like a music elementary school. You had to learn, you had to get a, um, learn the recorder in first through third grade. And then you pick an instrument in either, um, band or orchestra. So that was really interesting. And I, um, my, you know, not accounting for my size at the time, I picked the trombone because I wanted <laughs> to be in jazz band and, um, 
So I just put trumpet, sax, trombone, and they were like, oh God, anyone wanting to play the trombone? You're great. Um, (laughs) And so that's what I got assigned and did. And in fifth grade, the um, history teacher for the elementary school got in touch with these um, old Bakersfield musicians who had retired and were living out in one of those, um, you know, fake lake retirement homes out in the desert. And they wanted to donate a bunch of instruments and teach kids bluegrass. And I'm coming from Louisville, Kentucky, living in Bakersfield. Exactly. Well, you know, I don't know if you think it, but I I completely go, oh, Dwight Yoakam. Mm. Oh, yeah. Kentucky born and bred, Bakersfield uh, sound. And then I'm making the connection. I wonder if those guys played with Dwight and then those instruments that you've... uh, there's some interesting things. I think they even predated him because when I was out there as a little girl, they were already in their late seventies, early eighties. Oh, oh, yeah, they definitely did. But you know, that's the scene he was going into that was so um, so rich, thanks to those kind of people who oh, yeah. just wanted that music to continue. And so I began playing guitar because there were these retirees going, "Here, have you heard the song Nine Pound Hammer?" and Ooh. You know, I didn't, but it took a couple of weeks. And what was really sweet was I did know one song and it was um, John Prine's Paradise. They introduced uh, her. Hey, okay. Yeah. And I'd, yeah, I'd heard that Real already. And, um, <laughs> and then it, what was really sweet was I would come back to Louisville and be able to play those songs for my grandparents here who absolutely knew them their whole lives. And it would, you could see their eyes shine because it's probably been a couple decades since anybody brought a guitar around and played those old uh-huh. um, bluegrass songs. So, yeah. That is wild. So you're in, how old are you in? So uh, fourth grade, I'm assuming it's fourth grade, you picked trombone, right? Yes. Okay. When do you meet these these guys? When do they come into the, the next picture? year? They're already in the picture, yeah. No so kidding. it was very multi-instrumental um, and, you know, I'm still being forced through piano lessons at the time too. And So you're um, taking piano, you've done recorder for three years, you've taken trombone for a year now, now and you're in fifth grade. Yes. Now you're playing guitar with these old Bakersfield bluegrass yeah. players and stuff. That is crazy. I mean, yeah. it feel it's just so it's so normal, but I know what you, yeah. It sounds just, like a, a elementary school musical, you know, like <laughs> high school musical, but before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it really does. That's wild. You're still losing your teeth, and you have to perform. And <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so like when you when you're taking in guitar, how did that did that when you're in fifth grade? What are we? Twelve, eleven, twelve ish. Around there? Um, probably. I mean, fifth grade, I think if you're still 10, okay. nine, 10. So at that age, are you making the connection between instruments? Are you already seeing the pattern of what the piano to the guitar chords? I don't do uh, woodwind at all, so I don't know how that translates to trumpets, but like, how does that, does that translate? Are you seeing that at that young of an age? I think that... It could have been coached into me more of like the the dots could have been connected, but uh, everybody was kind of coming from different um, instruments and worlds. And so I think it wasn't quite like I, I remember each way the instrument was taught without kind of those lines to them. And I really would love to take credit and be like, oh, yeah, I saw right through it. And, <laughs> you know, you know, I wrote the music theory book, but <laughs> I think that that was stuff I gauged, I, you know, kind of grasped later. Um, in high school and even you still see connections now that um, 
but I, what I liked was when I would play one thing, I would then either try and play it on the other or, mm. you know, go back and, um, get some inspiration and it would make me want to play something different on each instrument, which was a really, uh, a fun way to grow musically. I think I could imagine. Yeah. Um, that, that when, when you're talking about, I, I don't know when I was picturing in my head as we kind of making the connections and doing all that is, uh, like those, those movie mysteries where there's, there's a murder or something and they're trying to connect the dots and figure it out. And they got the pin boards and then the string around one and they can't mm. figure. And then they finally make that connection that puts it all together. I wonder if music is ever like that to where you just go, Oh yeah, I get it all. I finally understand. You know, I, I couldn't imagine with that many instruments, but just, I don't know. That's wild. Yeah. I uh, definitely think some people are uh, gifted and figure that out. And sometimes it takes your whole life and you still go, music's a mystery. So. It reminds me of this. I, me and uh, Brent and I communicate constantly. And there's this kid, uh, Miles, the producer. Miles oh, is a six and a half uh, year old kid. Insane. Yeah. That can play every instrument. He's pitch perfect. I mean, he can lay on the floor and you can play like a, C major seven. I go, that's a C major seven. I mean, it's he's one of those kids, but he also, like, he'll just take a song, I guess, break it down in his mind. He'll just produce the whole thing himself, sing it, play the blues, yeah. change the reverb. I mean, he masters engineering too. It's wild. Uh, and so you just, that, that's not something that at six years old you can teach. I, I think maybe you're I right. I think some people you. have it. And, you know, I went and, I went and watched uh, Parker McGee's band play. Yeah, yeah. Underground Warning, shout underground out. Warning. Like, these kids are 13, 14, and 15, and they're like... I think it's Underground Warning 502 on Instagram. Yeah, they're, they're bringing grunge back. They do all these Nirvana-like B-side covers, and they write their own music, but Evan, that was playing with them. Evan Daniels, who's He's supposed to have been in here, man. He didn't 15, contact me. He, uh, Dave, my buddy Dave, Parker's dad, sent me a demo that he recorded at 15 years old, and I'm like, wow, the production on that thing. And he played that live show, Eruption, by Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. like nailed it, crushed it on guitar, and I'm yeah. like, kid, so yeah, you got it. This like, is, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Evan. This is a like I said, 15 year old kid or something, and he contacted me not too long ago about being coming on and just sitting. He didn't want to be on. He, he didn't ask to be just to learn. He wanted yeah. to sit here and watch the process so he can learn how to do a, a podcast. I thought, dude, he'd probably watch it one time yeah, and then awesome. go and do it himself. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But it sounds like you're doing that with instruments, like figuring out at fifth grade. Yeah, it's right. crazy. I think we're or giving me to all too much credit here. I promise. Translate <laughs> between one, from one instrument to another. Yeah, that's crazy at that age. Yeah. So, um, I guess you know what does sixth grade bring. <laughs> so where well, do we yeah, go from like actually, we're, we're what into a funny that. what a uh, perfect transition so um the we moved around a lot because my dad was an engineer and so sixth grade brought the final year in california and okay. and uh we went after that and moved to pennsylvania which was rural or city rural um it was a small college town Kutztown, call uh about an hour out of philly two and a half hours out of new york um, so really nicely set in the middle of these big East Coast cities, but where you still, um, we had a couple acres and got to run around and um, I played music there. And that was really the first place I got introduced to um, people my age starting bands. You know, that's okay. that's about that age that starts happening everywhere. But it was really fun because um, 
my class, like my graduating class was 110 people. So we were a teeny little community, but, um, had a lot of fun, uh, being creative with that. And so I remember bands would start and we'd, um, go rent out the Moose Lodge and throw like our shows in there and, um, stuff like that. And, you know, it was still, it was a 20 minute rural drive out to it every time from town and back. And so that was kind of a fun formative music experience too. But, um, I would imagine it would be interesting, you know, most kids, when they start bands, it's, you know, Hey, start band age. They all start because they, then they don't, they're no good. I couldn't imagine like, yeah, I've been playing since <laughs> I was three and, you know, I imagine you uh, <laughs> intimidated some people in, you know, seventh grade. Well, I mean, it would be interesting to go back and find out. Um, <laughs> but I definitely, I think that made me gravitate toward the older kids. And mm. so I was kind of like at these, um, like by the time I was in high school, following like, these seniors around being like, what are you guys playing? What are you listening <laughs> to? You know, and I look back and it's some pretty hilarious introductions to to bands and stuff, but really um, fun times. And then they kind of, they all went off to school, um, Pittsburgh, Philly, New York. Um, and I would, I kind of was in that town and that's when I started songwriting because I was like, all right. Uh, I'm all by myself. Now it's time for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. now somebody else has got to do it and I'm, I'm here alone. And um, I still had some fun friends who would sing and, and uh, mess around. But it was definitely, those were the years, you know, 16, 17, kind of um, beginning to write. So, What were some of your big influences from that time? Well, from that time, it was... Uh, I definitely was still coming off the, the early influences of, you know, my, like the John Prine, and the bluegrass stuff. And I think that was a really nice niche, but that was about the time I also, you know, discovered the sixties folk scene in New York and, like um, Pete Seeger and stuff like that. Yeah. Pete and Woody and, uh, Bob Dylan was, he is still a huge yeah. influence on me. Um, and through him, you know, I was discovering some of the female artists, uh, and even that takes you over to California when they kind of went out to Laurel Canyon and stuff like that. So oh, I got to, awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves the Laurel Canyon uh, oh, yeah. stories. Oh yeah. It's, it's, a, it's Crazy. really, it was fun to, to unpack and, um, and the music at the time that like, you know, my peers, we were all like discovering Regina Spector and had oh. the heart. And I mean, that was even when the Lumineers had one album and it was like teeny and nobody knew about it. And I remember we would kind of like those bands that are huge names now were just, they were still young too. So it was fun to, um, to have that. And I, I've kind of moving back to the Southern Midwest um, region and just, getting to see who the influences were here. And you kind of mentioned songs that anybody from Pennsylvania knows, you know, exactly what you're talking about. And here it was like, and I still think we were part of um, an era where it wasn't quite as national or international yet. It was still these little regional scenes of um, bands that were kind of uh, getting popular slowly, which was fun to, to get to see. Well, you you were right in the mix of, of, of that, probably in a good time. So you stayed in Pennsylvania through high school? Yes. Okay, so you graduate, <clears throat> excuse me, you graduate there, you're a couple hours from New York, an hour from <clears throat> Philly. Because that, which takes us to, 
you, you, I guess you take off to New York to go to college, right? Yeah. Right, uh, tell us a little bit. What, what, uh, where'd you go? What, what happened there? Yeah. So I, I took a gap year. Okay. Um, that was kind of an intention. And then as I was getting closer to college, I just still wasn't finding the spot. And my dad had said, no, you can't go to New York. It's big and scary, even though he's from Long Island. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was, so I was kind of writing that out of my mind and, but not, you know, and I looked at, I, I mean, my mom's from here. So I looked at UK, I looked at U of L. I was like uh, convinced I wanted to go to some big state school where I could, um, you know, grow like this, you know, I was interested in obviously being in the masses if, um, and then my dad pulled this school up and he was like, all right, I found, you know, let's go look at it. And it was in New York and it was a small liberal arts school in downtown Manhattan. Um, kind of nothing like anything else I was looking at. It's called the King's College, and we're going to see uh, if it makes it through COVID. It's not really looking like it. Really? Um, yeah, it's a, I keep getting, I'm still on their email list, I guess. And so I get these like, the board is still talking about, we're uh, mm. figuring it out. Um, and, you know, I, w- I wish the best. It, it is also like, all right, well, I, got what you I got needed through. out of there. Yeah. I'm good. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. But it really, it was a, it's a neat community. Um, all of my, uh, some, you know, my closest friends from that period of time are all still in New York. Um, and, uh, I'll be visiting them soon, which is fun. And so I kind of, I get, I love that I still have that connection to the city. Thanks to, thanks to going to school there and being there four years. Um, and yeah. So was the, it- the, Go ahead. Was yeah. it shocking when your dad was the one who brought that college to you downtown? I, I think I think I was just kind of like um, grateful. Let's say that he uh, gave in a little hey. bit <laughs> um, more than shocked. I was like, all right, didn't know I was good this week, but uh, here we go. <laughs> well, I, you want to play us another one? Absolutely. All right, tell us what you got. What's what's the next one you're going to play for us? Um, I. Uh, I was planning this a little bit, so I'm going to play one that harkens back to those early music years. Um, It's a song, I released an EP in January that uh, this is is a single off of as well, and uh, it's called Capistrano. I was listening to this one earlier. Dig it. Nice. Starting up and quitting, not giving a chance for a beginning. Glorified one night stands Hard to be the bad guy Better sooner than after time's gone by Forgiveness is as not a demand Bunch of delicate creatures Placed here in the ether All here for show
Yeah, such a very pleasant tone. Yeah, it's awesome. I was listening to that song earlier. It's so good. Yeah. And I love, is that the guitar that you used on that recording? Was it the same one? You know, I actually, I bought, I used this on everything else on the EP, but um, I truly ended up just borrowing kind of on a whim my buddy's Spanish guitar. He had a... Ah, I love um, the tone of the guitar. And I was asking Neil, I was like, how, do you, how would you get this tone on a recording? Because I love the tone of the guitar on that song i think that song especially when i was listening to it that was the spanish guitar yeah it's like a, it was just a, a, it sounds a classic so cool. why you love yeah it i was so like much. dude i can't figure what what's that supposed to mean i don't know babble oh. <laughs> hey there was a spanish word in that song in her song just now yeah yeah, yeah. see see <laughs> i'm yeah i'm learning spanish right yeah. now so oh nice are. so um <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Why is that funny? Uh, it's not. So, uh, songwriting. I wanted to kind of go back and touch on that a little bit because you said you started writing uh, about the time, but sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that process look like for you? How do you go about it? Like, do you do you sit down and write daily? Do you wait for inspiration? Do, how, how does that work? Um, I definitely I try to do a combination of the two. Um, because obviously so many, like the songs that tend to grow on to be your favorite have some sort of spontaneity to them. Mm-hmm. But um, I have seen the benefits of daily routines, but also just weekly, monthly, the never ending effort that it is to to consider yourself a songwriter and to say, I'm going to kind of always keep this job in the back of my head and to make sure uh none of this collects any dust and all that. Yeah. So um, I really, so one of the big things um, about moving back to Louisville, Kentucky for me was I wanted to pursue music. I wanted a little break from what was such a grind where you couldn't really sit aside multiple hours in a day to do this. And not, not that you can't, I just, um, 
I knew the ease of like coming here and getting that, that being the important routine for me to build. And, um, yeah, so I've seen the benefits of that, you know, when I've been the most free, I think that there's been these bursts of multiple songs coming at once. And then you go a couple months and you write the best thing you've ever written and it came out of nowhere. So Mm. it's really, and then you're like, are you serious? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so with the, was, was, was the move coming anyway? I mean, you're, you're in New York, you you finished school. Was it based on, I'm going to get through school and then I'm going to find a place to land or was, um, was it something COVID related? Cause I know during, I mean, well, I hear New York was really tough on during COVID, especially in the city, Manhattan. Well, did that prompt it or was it always kind of the plan? It really was always in the back of my mind, this, um, post-grad, I, I, I knew I didn't want to go get a desk job. I didn't want to go, um, work the New York bar scene and figure that out for, you know, and really like, um, try and like I knew music was what I wanted to to really become the focus um even though I didn't go to school for that I just was um the whole time I was in school like okay I need to get out and just give this the real effort and so I think that and I knew Louisville was a really cool scene like I had been folk like I had been meeting people hosting people passing through who um were like you know, in bands and it was exciting. And I kind of was like, all right, I, I feel like, um, and people that were coming from Nashville and Louisville in this area were really on, you know, enjoying the music I was writing. I kind of sometimes would find it hard to get New York people to understand or like, yeah. you know, they wanted me to come with, um, some sort of backing track or something. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that if, if this is where people are, uh, getting it and, uh, there's already buddies there and it's a good uh, fun thing and then covid really just gave me the chance to have no choice because i can yeah. be the type that oh, all right i'll think about this and i'll think about this and i'll <laughs> think about it so um i think it was a little meant to be that push here and so um i'm yeah i kind of followed that with some pre-thought and some uh destiny so and speaking of that you were talking about having support here it's awesome you're here because I think we've had like five people mention your name. Yeah. Like oh, wow. other pe- other guests on the podcast because, you know, one of the questions we kind of asked like local artists You'll that you're listening to or whatever. <laughs> but I think we've had like five people say Catherine Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 So I think that Brad booked you. I like, highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's well, awesome to have that support. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of my, I've, I've actually really enjoyed getting to see um, friends come on here and, um, I've had more than five, so we're gonna have to figure out who. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, One had the same last name, Nate but no Stewart. relation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yes. oh, we're not related. We're not related. Yes. Yeah, Nate. I know I'm not I... trying to get you know my wife or my sister or my uh, anything <laughs> on here. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. Um. So how is it? Is it everything that you thought it would be? I mean, I, I, to me, the scene here seems like it's thriving. Singer songwriter is a big deal. Um, there seems to be a lot of cohesiveness. Uh, in the in the Louisville music scene, has it has it lived up to what you were hoping it is? Um, and, and how have you adjusted? I mean, like, what's the difference? Did you play out in New York? Ever? Um, I was just kind of getting the start of that. Okay. And I, we took a fun little. We made a. I've had a, a group of buddies who are functioning as a 
band. They're all in their own projects. So that, you know, you're kind of like, well, when you guys are free, <laughs> but we somehow, uh, we made it up to New York for a couple shows from here too, which is fun. Oh, cool. But I was getting um, my feet wet there. A lot of it was, you know, okay, a couple school friends were putting on something and, you know, you get involved with that less than, um, okay, I'm, I'm trying to book myself somewhere. Um, and then coming back here, I, when I very first got here and everything was starting to open back up, Everybody was saying, um, oh, you know, it was really, you should have been here before COVID. It was just so, it, it was amazing. Everybody was, uh, there was something every night, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of, um, and I was like, wow, this is totally ripe for the feeling initially for me was, this is kind of what they say about those scenes where, uh, you know, everybody's kind of doing it and like-minded. And so I saw a lot of potential where I think a lot of people were seeing, um, were having a hard time coming back from what they had already experienced. Um, but, you know, sticking it out and really seeing everybody um, adapt. And then I, a lot of people that I know who are musicians in the scene now are all since COVID kind of doing their thing. Yeah. Um, whether it be they moved here since then, or, um, that just sparked some interest to be like, this is, it's time. Um, so it, it you know, I don't know if everybody are, and a lot of new bands, like a lot of bands that were ended and restarted as something else. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely not what I expected, but I also, I'm happy that it was in some ways what I thought and in, in others not. Because, huh. you know. Interesting. Inter- that's a really nice perspective to have about it, especially just being open-minded to go, all right, let's see where it goes now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess it's time for the world-famous <laughs> Weston's questions, man. Okay. Woo, I guess I have right. to do it since yeah. my last name is almost similar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, real quick before I do that, I have to give a shout-out to Nataba Coffee. I'm not drink, I'm not partaking in bourbon, but man, you got to check this place out. There's one right there off of Fern Valley, and there's one in Brownsville Road. So good. They import like different uh, types of coffee from uh, different countries in Africa. The owners are from South Africa, mm-hmm. and they roast it themselves. Check right. it out. So cool spot. I'll keep this coffee uh, hot, man. Yeah. <laughs> for my amigo Max at, at Nataba. There you go. Okay. Uh, so the question, first question is, tell us something about you that is not related to music oh, yeah. that people should know? Oh, yeah. Um, shoot, I remember I read these earlier and I was like, I need to, I need to prepare these. Um, it happens every time. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Um, something non-music. All right. It's always the hardest question, it by is. the way. Everybody's really? like, what, well, what yeah, are we talking about? Your brain is what so on non-music? one thing. And really, I just don't want to... Just don't want to do that. I've played soccer, you know. So. Hey, that's good. <laughs> you go. that counts. Um, it does count, but I don't. I think. All right, non-music. I definitely, um, on top of loving and writing music, um, have aspirations of writing other things. I have a very um, proud small library of uh, books I collect. I just. Um, uh, I love reading. I think it's um, 
when I go too long without doing it, I start to notice it in myself. And how, how so? I think I just like a, not as at peace, just genuinely. Mm-hmm. I think if you put yourself aside and um, kind of, or for me at least, if I if I read a little bit every day or um, a lot every other day, then I feel really. <laughs> uh, I do just really get back in tune with. Um, I think it's the time I'm not thinking about other things and and uh, yeah. So and I also I I um, work in film. I studied that a little bit in college and then the scene here is amazing. Like yeah. on top of the music scene, but the film scene, it's super up and coming. It is definitely up and coming. They're doing and a lot. They're putting together a lot of incentives to bring exactly. the scene here. So. Exactly. And people are rising the occasion, which is really nice. Um, I have a lot of friends that that's what they do and they'll hire me for odd jobs. Um, so are you like an independent uh, contractor kind of deal? Absolutely, yes. Awesome. Uh, so, like, I mean, in that realm in music and uh, otherwise I, I bartend, so it's kind of a, um, that feels like independent contracting too. <laughs> Completely independent <laughs> contract. <laughs> All right, next question is, tell us about a nightmare gig or something crazy that's happened while you've been performing. This one I did think of and... <laughs> I really, um, I'm going to make, I, I am twisting this positive, but it was <laughs> a, so I got to play for the first time ever with drums for Poor Castle, like on my own music. This last Poor Castle? Yeah, okay, which was right really on. fun. We, um, yeah, and the amount of people that were like, Poor Castle? And I was like, mm. <laughs> um, but Poor Castle Music Fest, which is just this local it's fest awesome. here in Louisville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Poor Castle is made for guys like, me and uh, Brent and my wife, yeah. we, we can't we can't afford Forecastle so much. We like Forecastle, <laughs> yeah. and I, I got to be honest with you, I think Forecastle was a better lineup this year than Forecastle Fest. Yeah, personally, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's so it is really totally. fun and and it's regional artists, so you get to really see um kind of a variety and and people you might actually just run into places, which is fun. Um, and, and you know the accessibility. You know yeah. you can talk to the artists, you can talk to other artists, you can uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, and, I will not interrupt it. Oh, pl- no. <laughs> if, if you have a great point, feel free to. <laughs> well, I haven't had one yet, so. <laughs> that was fair, though. You definitely do. And and I'm, and I'm you get to meet people as an artist, too. And and meet other artists really organically. Yeah. Um, but I will say, they had a little sound issue this year. And so we were the first band Saturday morning after their uh, um, speakers had blown and the sand guy wasn't coming back that day and so we ended up basically uh playing without monitors they made their best oh, effort so hard. but it was really and and like i said you know it's i it was the first time we were playing these songs with a drummer and just i really think um it was a bit of a trial by fire but because of that we and we still had a lot of fun like i think and and that was what i i got to look at my bandmates and be like very grateful for them because um, each one of them was holding, like keeping it together and smiling and laughing. And I remember the first song we played the first two verses and then a chorus. And then I went into the last verse by accident just cause I wasn't thinking. And, and the, uh, my bandmate Rosemary just goes, well, that was sound check. <laughs> and we moved on, you know? So, um, yeah, I think if I never have to do that again, I'll be okay. But, uh, and if I yeah. do, I'll be okay. So you know, a lot of those are, are related to sound because it is the hardest, especially when you have a band. I could, that would be 
I remember the I played some outdoor festival with Scott Boone a long time ago and there weren't monitors and I was playing drums and I couldn't hear anything and I was just going totally blind and I'm like yeah, I have no clue where anybody is it's actually, so hard you actually played with Scott could you imagine first time like All right, yeah oh. well yeah you're just you're just guessing at that point exactly and we had compliments and a lot of people were like it sounds good and so I think I really have no complaints and um, I respect Poor Castle for rolling with that. You know, they yeah. figured it out. They had monitors and they had someone there when we were supposed to be there. And, but, you know, did the best. Exactly. They did so the best I appreciate them for that. That's awesome. Okay. The next question is who is the last local artist that you've listened to? Um, so I got to, I, I'm counting this. I mean, listen to because it was a, Tyler Lance Walker Gill's album hey. release. Show. Oh, did you go to that? The pool party? I went to the pool American party. <laughs> I saw his things leading up to that. I bet that was a blast. It was uh, a blast. It looked like uh, it was a blast. Um, that was my first time at Turner's. That was my first time um I like seeing a full Tyler Lance Walker Gill set with band. And, yeah. His band is so tight. Exactly. Yeah, they're so good. Wow. And uh they I had played with some of them because I was part of their Loretta Lynn tribute. Oh, okay. oh. if if we do that again. Is that at a Tonkin Tuesday? Was that it was, was it Whirling Tiger? Tiger? It was at Whirling okay. Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Um predating I think that that was probably already in Tyler's head, but it was kind of a pre, like oh, okay. that was starting to happen. And now Honky Tonk Tuesdays. Happen. So did you go to the show and the pool party after party? I did. You had a pool party time. after yeah, party. Yeah. That's so awesome. There, I was like, there, right? Yeah, I, Have you I ever mean, been to American there. Turners? No. I went down there for a birthday party for um, the, the singer from Yappa. Uh-huh. Man, awesome. it's, yeah, there's like a pool, and I guess they had the show underneath the covered area. Was it like right? Yeah, yeah. So there's you like a patio walk around, and you're just in the back of the parking lot, essentially. Which is so you know, you get done with this show, and everybody's been dancing and sweaty, and you just go hop in a pool. It's really it was <laughs> yeah. perfect. So that's such a. I was wearing my suit at the show. You know what I mean? Like that's awesome. I'm like I saw it. I'm like that would that would be totally something he would do. That's exactly what he would do. Perfect. No, it went well. And so that's the last uh, local artist I listened to. Um, yeah, as far as... He did it for the glamour. Did you see all his, like, uh, his videos leading up to his album oh, release? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the best, man. I love his uh, promos so great. and stuff. So awesome. Making a sandwich and shit. I mean, it's, <laughs> Vacuuming. Like. It's such the... It's, it's, it's so him. Uh, and then we added the fourth question. I might have forgot this Bourbon. last time. Yeah, Which what is your bourbon? favorite bourbon? Interesting. All right, so I was getting a little anxious because I think when you guys texted or emailed me, you know, to bring my favorite, um, I feel kind of young in my bourbon experience. I have okay. ones I like. Um, like, I really like just sipping Four Roses, but don't put it in a cocktail. Like, mm-hmm. that's... Um, and I have, like, this niche appreciation for a very old Barton being as good as Yo, it is. For, that yeah. was my, that was my dad's Barton um, all the time. A, very old Barton. Exactly. And then I, the one I pulled today, it just um, was one. one. Yeah. This one? Show it back. Hit the button. You got it? All right. <laughs> is, a, uh, is, some, is something kind of special a buddy was sharing with me recently and it was actually i just kept the bottle because it's kind of cute and little and um <laughs> i had it in my the window and i saw it on the way out i was like that's exactly what i'm gonna go pick up so perfect 
That's it's awesome. Hey, so look, it's really good. I co-host. I have two different Top Hill shirts two days in a row, and then you're going with a dad shirt today. Like Hi, the bros. Dad <laughs> no, the 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 theory is <laughs> the thinnest clothes in this room. Is oh, because it gets hot in here. Yeah, oh, it does. So well, I went in the room. I'm actually wearing swimming trunks. These that might not look like swimming trunks. These look like business shorts. But they trunks. <laughs> I am. Uh, Ready I'm for a, summer. I'm ready for the Tyler Lance Walker Gill after party, man. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I purposefully was like, all right, you know, dress a little warm. They won't know if you're flushing or if it's the whiskey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, you want to play us another one? Absolutely. All right. What do you got for us? I'm going to do another one off that EP, and this one is called Atlanta. night turn my world upside down happy and we knew it good and true to it it being the love we both found the days started growing shorter years started growing colder there were days I didn't hear from you at all For my peace of mind Please tell me one time Should we keep it this or let the other go? Tell me now you still can Don't call me from Atlanta
I love that wrap-up line. Nice. Yes. Uh, you could probably keep that. Do you think we just use the thing for the, the R88 for the plugs? We can for the speaking part, the last part. Yeah, just this last Yeah, bit. yeah. All right, so for all our listeners that want to find you on Spotify, find you on the, on the social media networks, all that stuff, where can they find you? Um, if you look up Catherine Brooks, which is spelled K T H R Y N O K S. You'll you'll be able to find me if you kind of recognize the face. And um, it's Ms. Catherine Brooks on all socials. And then, um, but yeah, I'm on, I'm out on all music platforms. I've released that EP in January called Last Looks. So if you really can't figure out, check that, uh, add that to the end of the name, and I think you'll be able to pull and listen to that record, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, what's the last one going to be? Tell us a little bit about this last song. Um, Well, I kind of, I wanted to do some that aren't anywhere else and some that are. So that very first one I've never recorded at all. Um, And this will be another one of those. um, All right. If that's all right. So I was like, we need some some Top Hill debuts. I love it. It's it's always our favorite when we get the debuts. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So yeah. So, and I, but I was like, you know, they still want to do some. Uh, familiar too. Classics. So. Yes, some definitely classics. So what's when, what's this called? Um, I long title, but uh, darling, forgive me for that too. Darling, for- All the goals I failed to 
changed and let myself be changed. That's the only one.